you don't need money to be a missionary. Despite everything that we see and hear around us, there's one small catch we just can't get away from. Luke chapter 9 verses 2 through 3 And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, Take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra tunic. This is the New International Version. We must begin to analyze the New Testament as though every word were precise instructions for discipling the world. It is our handbook for missions, and it works. Every bit of it is valid today. Jesus knew that his methods would stand the test of time. They were designed that way. Our problem is that we have added to them. Jesus knows what he is doing, but when it comes to missions, we act as though we don't believe him. We are wrong, and we need to believe him. Jesus knew what he was doing when he designed the plan. We continue to add to, modify, and correct models that are far removed from those of Christ. We cannot expect that doing this will help us finish the Great Commission. We must look at Christ's teachings exactly as they are. Everything he taught was calculated and purposefully worded in a way that could be handed down for many centuries. The simplicity of Jesus' teaching is what has gotten Christianity to where it is today. It is our fault that his teaching has been changed, and because of this, the gospel has not spread into the remote people groups. It is not Jesus' fault that the world is still unreached. In most cases, it is not the missionary candidate's fault either. Most of the fault lies with the individuals who propagate their own teachings. These old paradigms align with the traditions and missiology of local church leaders, agencies, and training institutions. They hold on to these old doctrines of men for no good reason. They hold on to them out of pride or an unwillingness to change. They are proud of their elaborate missionary sending structures, even though they aren't making the progress that such a large structure should potentially make. However, one thing is for sure. These models did not work to the extent of finishing the Great Commission. They were defective then, and they are defective today. They are so far from reality that they even have lost sight of the goal, to make disciples of every nation, of every ethnos, of every ethnic group. These structures may have once had more fruit than they do now, but they have since diminished. These institutions are training willing candidates in a faulty missiology. 
we will not finish the Great Commission without radical changes. Radical missionaries are also needed, but thousands of young enthusiastic missionary candidates have been preparing to go when they fall into these institutional mechanisms. Once inside, the modern teaching, which has complicated the missionary task, ruins them. These teachings have continued to divide the Christian movement to the point of rendering it almost ineffective. The modern missionary movement will not let go of these old traditional missionary models. Some of them are over 200 years old and still we hold to them and use them today. It's not the age of these models that makes them ineffective. It's the fact that 200 years ago they were still very far removed from the models of Jesus Christ. Even those who are constantly redefining the old models will still continue to remain ineffective. Some Western missiologists are now turning to a simpler approach. They continue to mix the old with the new. I see very little in the modern missionary sending structure that resembles the lifestyle and the teachings of Christ and his disciples. So many precautionary procedures have been added to the missionary sending that it is almost as though God doesn't even exist. The missionary movement in Africa has been referred to as a mile wide and an inch deep. Who's to blame for this? The missionary movement in Latin America has been referred to as the sleeping giant. But who's to blame for that? The missionary movement in Asia referred to as immature. But who's to blame for this? Jesus surely isn't to blame. We surely don't lack his teaching. We all have a New Testament available in our language. It's somewhat irrelevant at this juncture to point fingers. But now that the Western missiology has been taken to the other areas of the world, those areas have tested it and it doesn't seem to work. They are now developing their own missiology and guess what? It's simple. It's more like Christ's. For some reason, Christian people have added extra teaching to Christ's, complicating it and watering it down. We need to remove these extra teachings. The only way to do it is by taking action. We need to totally get rid of them. He chose men and women who were not well educated and didn't have financial wealth. Education and money will always complicate a simple thing. Those men and women changed the known world because they did not change the methods of Christ. We need to pay special attention to who Jesus chose to disciple the world. Those men and women fit the profile of good missionaries. I was recently teaching a course to 10 people, most of whom were field missionaries with several years of experience. 
all of them without exception were not well educated nor did they have traditional financial backing the way we say missionaries needed they did however have many testimonies of how god has provided for them over the years in remote unreached people groups they must be learning this from the emerging missionary movements with little or no help from their sending agency or their local congregation the best missionary candidates are usually not well educated and do not have much financial backing from their local congregations or sending agencies it doesn't mean that they aren't smart they are merely uneducated they will do mission work in remote areas with or without the local congregation or their agency or an elaborate education we have sent our missionary candidates through years of seminary education while the enemy has fortified the strongholds i once heard a well-known preacher talking about his christian university saying that the greatest enemy their institution was their own intellect. Matthew chapter 11:25 At that time Jesus said, "I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children." Also see Luke chapter 10 verse 21. Jesus did not expect those who would be going to the ends of the earth to have all of these things. He expected them to love him, to be obedient, and to have the ability to grow in their faith of him. They are required to work hard, be humble, and follow instructions. If you have these qualities, you are a missionary candidate to remote unreached people groups. Matthew chapter 4 verse 22 And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him You must leave your boats You will also have to leave your parents This is what Jesus expects of his missionary candidates analyze the new testament as though every part of it is your guide to being a missionary they left their nets behind which were their tools to make living with whatever it was that they saw in jesus it was so important that they left their nets many times i've asked myself why would the disciples leave everything including their livelihood in order to follow Christ and the holy spirit quickly reminds me because he is the messiah they heard jesus tell them that they had a purpose and much work to do they were not afraid of work they apparently did not think twice about job security they left their nets on the ground they just dropped them there and left them there and their boats and their father who did not respond to Jesus instructions the father was not a candidate as his sons were 
They obviously were not going to go back to be fishermen. They no longer needed their nets. Someone else would come along and use them. Had they bundled up their nets and taken them back to their homes, no one else could have used them. They would have done this had they had any intention of coming back. Jesus chose people who were simple and who could leave it all behind. The New Testament is our handbook, and Jesus is alive and well and willing to teach you. Are you willing to learn? Do you have ears to hear? If you are a potential missionary candidate who is eager to go into all the world, but you don't have the money for an expensive missiology or theology degree, don't worry. Read your New Testament over and over. The men who wrote the theology books got all their knowledge from reading their New Testaments and their Bibles over and over. If you don't have hundreds of committed supporters backing you, don't worry about it. Some will turn this recording off at this point. Others will take it to heart and dig into their New Testaments. Then they will follow their missionary conviction to obey Christ by going. Matthew chapter 19, 16 through 29. Then someone came to him and said, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you wish to enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. Also, you should love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, I've kept all of these. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you wish to be perfect, go, sell your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this word, he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astounded and said, Then who can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, for mortals, it is impossible, but for God, all things are possible. Then Peter said in reply, Look, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man is seated on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And anyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, 
or fields for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. Also see Mark chapter 10 verses 17 through 30 and Luke chapter 18 verses 18 through 30. These verses are for the 21st century. Jesus was and is now asking young men and women to follow him and to learn a new thing called being fishers of men. He requires a change of career. Once you have the training, you are sent out into all the nations, the ethnos, to disciple them. Discipling means spending enough time with them to teach them who Christ is and about Christ's purposes so that they too can begin to bear fruit and disciple others. Evangelism is fast and easy. Discipleship is slow and difficult. One of my missionary mentors taught me that winning souls without discipleship is spiritual abortion. Bringing a baby into this world to leave them undiscipled is not the way Jesus taught us. You must disciple people and this takes time. When we evangelize without discipleship, we are only producing an adult Christian that still cannot dress themselves, eat or walk on their own after 10 years or more. Real disciples make other disciples. They bear fruit. They do all the basics and teach others to do them as well. John chapter 15, verses 5 through 10. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. You, the missionary, are to go into the most remote parts of the world making disciples. It requires training by Jesus from the New Testament and the Holy Spirit. Once I asked a missionary from India about training, he told me, read the New Testament all that you can now, because the day will come when you are on the mission field and you don't have as much time. I also highly suggest to you to read your New Testament, mainly the Gospels, over and over again, asking Him to reveal Himself to you. This is the best missionary training you can get. All Christians should spend hours in their New Testaments, especially the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John.
Gospels should be the only thing Christians read for the first two or three years. I have often wondered if this is what made the difference in my life. I spent many hours in the Gospels during my first years as a new Christian. Then I began to spend more time in Paul's letters and found that I started to become more like Paul than Jesus. If you want to be a missionary of Christ, you need to be like Christ. It's not a bad thing to be like Paul, but we are taking a saving Messiah to the world, not the Apostle Paul. It's okay to know Paul, but only after knowing Jesus thoroughly. How do you know when you're more like Paul than Jesus? Number one, people don't like you as much. Number two, you're legalistic to some degree. Legalism is Christian theology in a term referring to an overemphasis on discipline of conduct or legal ideas, usually implying an allegation of misguided rigor, pride, superficiality, the neglect of mercy, and ignorance of the grace of God, or emphasizing the letter of the law at the expense of the Spirit. I'm not saying that Paul was legalistic, only that you will be if you read more of Paul than you do Jesus. 